We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, Jimmy here by myself. You're probably wondering, where's Dan? Why is Jimmy talking by himself before the intro music? Well, it's a pretty simple answer. Uh, that's because we recorded this week's episode on Monday night due to scheduling conflicts. Uh, as it turns out, Sporting KC had a bit of a news drop on Tuesday before we could release on Wednesday, and uh, we just didn't think that we should not talk about the biggest signing in the history of the club. So I'm here to give you a few thoughts on the big number nine signing, Alan Pulido from Liga MX East, coming from Chivas over to Sporting KC, the mythical designated player number nine we've all been waiting for and hearing about since Dom Dwyer left a couple years ago. So I'm just here to give you a few thoughts before we jump into the rest of the episode because we didn't want to leave you guys hanging for a couple weeks before our next one without talking about the big striker signing. First off, Peter Vermees talked about an injection of capital, talked about splashing some cash as people have been trying to say, and uh, yeah, he backed it up. People were wondering, is Kyrie Shelton coming back really going to be the striker that we were all talking about? There were jokes, oh, we got our European number nine because Kyrie came over from the Bundesliga 2. No, Uh, he backed it up, Peter Vermees that is. If you look at the history of Sporting KC signings uh, as far as transfer fees that were paid, it reports are about a total combined $4 million, give or take. That's every transfer fee that Sporting KC has ever paid for any player combined in the history of the club. The reports that the transfer fee for Alan Polito are anywhere in the realm of 6 to $9.5 million. Fox Sports out of Mexico was saying $9.5 million. Andrew Wiebe from MLS Soccer was saying it might be a little bit closer to $6 million. Either way... This is the big money signing that Sporting KC fans have been waiting for. Alan Polito cost more money than the rest of any transfer Sporting KC has ever had combined. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, if you look at what Peter Vermees said about him, he says, We're very excited to add Alan Polito to our roster ahead of the new season. Uh, he is a winner. He has a terrific work rate and embodies all of the attributes we value at our club. We also want to thank Chivas for being an incredibly professional partner and appreciate the relationship we have created with them. Alan is ready for this new challenge and looks forward to getting started with us on the field in January. So I know some of you guys were asking, okay, what does this mean? Uh, When is he coming? People were even asking, hey, can we get together and greet him at uh, KCI, greet him at the airport? Sounds like he's not exactly coming until January, so uh, we don't know um, when for sure that is. I'm sure the club will give that information if it's appropriate. Um, but a little bit about Alan Polito. Um, he's a 28-year-old Mexican striker. 
He's played for Chivas. Uh, he's had a, a fairly long career so far. Um, he scored more than 100 combined goals for club and country. He's won five domestic championships. He helped Chivas win the 2018 CONCACAF Champions League. He has 13 caps for the Mexican national team. Uh, and he won the Liga MX Golden Boot, if you will, for the 2019 Apertura. He had 12 goals in 18 matches this fall. Now, I know some of you saw the highlight video that was going around. I tweeted it out. It was something that Chivas had put out on Twitter, uh, or excuse me, on YouTube. A lot of his goals did come from the penalty spot, which I know some people are like, well, you know, do those really count? Well, here's what I'll say. If you look at the goals he scored that were from the run of play, he has a finishing quality that Sporting KC has not had, period, in any striker ever. Uh, he he has a nose for the goal. He's somebody who can get the ball at their feet. He can make runs. He kind of like does. This is what Andrew Weeby said too. He he does what Kyrie Shelton does really well, and he uses space and draws defenders off the ball. But he's got a much better finishing touch than uh, than Kyrie Shelton showed at least in in 2018. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a fantastic, huge signing for Sporting KC. If you take what Kyrie could do and put it in a in a more clinical finisher. Imagine that combined with Johnny. Uh, if, if Daniel Shallowy can get his form back from a couple years ago, this can be a fantastic signing. Um, if you look at what voices around the league are saying, um, I mean, you don't have to, to look much farther than what Taylor Twelman was saying about the signing uh, when he tweeted it out right after he heard about it. He said, Polito is on his way to Sporting KC. A huge statement from the ownership in putting some serious money into this acquisition while Vermees and fans get their goal scorer. So this is clearly a guy that's resonated uh, with MLS media types around the league. Um, Andrew Wiebe, as I mentioned, he put up a what does Alan Polito's arrival mean for Sporting KC on MLSsoccer.com. Uh, yeah, he's basically saying this is a statement of intent. They're not content to sit around and hope Peter Vermees can moneyball his way to the top of the Western Conference. Um, I, I, I understand the fan skepticism. I had skepticism when Peter Vermees was talking about an injection of capital. I did think it felt a little different this year, and we talk about that a little bit more on the upcoming episode you're about to hear. Uh, we heard Mike Illig talk about that they're going to spend some more money. Um, but, I mean, look, we just got the Liga MX's golden boot winner. He had 12 goals in 18 matches because they're split into two like mini seasons in Mexico, so they only had 18 matches. Uh, he he's a decorated, decorated player. If you look at sort of okay, how do players from Liga MX transfer into MLS? Weeby gives sort of Raul Ruiz Diaz as a a, a comp, um, which should get people excited because he's been fantastic for Seattle. But essentially, what you look at is if you look at goals per 90 for players who came from Liga MX and uh, translate that into what they've done in MLS. Raul Ruiz Diaz, he had 0.61 goals per 90 in uh, Liga MX, 0.65 in MLS. So it went up. Darwin Quintero, 0.32 in Liga MX, 0.41 in MLS. It went up. Brian Fernandez, 0.65 in Liga MX, 0.7 in MLS. It went up. Gustavo Bu, 0.45 in Liga MX, 0.7 in MLS. It went up. Alan Polito, 0.41 goals per 90 in Liga Mekis. It's obviously yet to be written what he will do in MLS, but I would take it as a good sign if you look at all of the players who have come from Liga Mekis and are known as goal scorers. It's not only translated, but their goals per 90 has increased when they've gone to MLS. That's not to say this is a guaranteed slam dunk home run. You never know. Everything could 
you know, not go the way that we hoped. But right now, things look good. Is $9.5 million too much for a player like Alan Polito? Well, you know, it's hard to say maybe right now. We'll have to look back in a couple years at this deal and see what we think. But, you know, even if it's maybe a little bit more than his market value is worth, if Sporting KC really feel like he can be their guy and he helps them get back to the top of the Western Conference and maybe fight for MLS Cup, I don't think anybody will bat an eye at $9.5 million. If the money's there and you can pull the trigger and he's your guy, go ahead do it there's uh you know peter ramiz had to do something this offseason because i don't think fans would have taken it if we came back for another year without a big name or a big money striker and uh just had Kyrie shelton and eric hurtado i don't think that would do it uh one interesting thing weeby does mention and you know i think it might be something to watch is he suggests the possibility of playing Kyrie shelton and pulido in a two striker setup No, that doesn't mean that Peter Vermees is going to go away from the 4-3-3. He'll probably stick with it. But I would watch the preseason games that we have coming up in February to see what sort of formation tweaks Peter Vermees might play with. He got a little iffy about the formation and tactics at the end of last season. You know, if you remember how the lineup graphics changed from sort of showing what the formation was to just being like a list format. I think a large part of that is because Peter Vermees got a little bit sensitive about giving away too much of the game tactically, and I think maybe he started to play with the formation a little bit. I think maybe he's sensing he might actually have to tweak some things in his style of play, so we'll see. But Polito seems to be very comfortable with the the ball at his feet. He seems to slot in very well to a more possession-oriented team, which we all know Sporting KC is. And I think this can be a fantastic piece for Sporting KC to help them get back on the right track. Is he the end-all, be-all? Is he the only thing that needs to change to get this team back to where they were? Absolutely not. Obviously, the offense was not where it needed to be. The defense wasn't where it needed to be. More pieces need to come. But this is a fantastic start. So, again, apologies that we didn't have this information before we recorded the whole episode. We just didn't want to leave you hanging, so I wanted to give you those thoughts there. Uh, But, yeah, I hope you stick with us through the rest of the episode. There's plenty of good stuff. We do talk a little bit about some striker rumors, so bear with us through that. Uh, Obviously, those won't quite apply as much as they uh, would have if we hadn't yet announced the striker signing. But uh, it's a good episode to talk a lot about a lot of really fun stuff. So I'll send you into the intro music now and enjoy the episode. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. One of the final episodes of uh, 2019, Dan. Almost another year coming and gone. So. I'm Jimmy, and uh, Mr. Ric Flair with me is uh, Dan. Dan, how are you doing? Oh, brother, this every other week thing has me all messed up, man. Are we recording? Are we not recording? I don't even know what's going on, but uh, news is shaping up, man, so we're, we're here to recap some shit. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's working out pretty, because we didn't have a ton of news last week. I think we would have been reaching for some pod content, but we got some for this week. So A little bit. It's, a little bit. Uh, I'm excited, man. It feels like... It feels... Like preseason's right around the corner. That's awesome. It'll be here before we know it. I mean, we uh, we got what I think one more podcast in 2019, and then we'll be in January, and then uh, preseason starts a month after that. So yeah, it's you're trying fast. to pot on. You're trying to pot on Christmas, are you? <laughs> I don't know about potting on Christmas. Is that a Tuesday or oh, when, wow, whatever Christmas it is? It's a Wednesday, yeah. Uh, well, Christmas Eve is my birthday on Tuesday, so maybe we'll have to pod that Monday. 
So well, we'll the, see. the the previous Tuesday is the seventeenth, which is my birthday. So what the oh, hell, birthday boys? What up? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks. We got all sorts of news to talk about, both SKC and league related. But uh, we got a, a couple of reviews, didn't we? Sure did, man. Sure did. We didn't get to get to these because they were uh, they were over Thanksgiving weekend. So we got them now. And November 26th from Jay Goobs. Jay Goobs, Jay Goobies. Uh, great MLS and SKC content. I'm usually not big into podcasts, but my cousin referred no other pod to me, and I've enjoyed their shows each time. So much so that I've gotten weird looks and concerning questions from coworkers about why I'm randomly smiling and laughing when no one else is around me. <laughs> Yet they're the weird ones for missing out. Check out these guys. They do a great job being in the know for all Sporting KC and general MLS news. And shoot, leave a five-star review, and they will read it on the show. Now that you're all listening, if you're interested in helping a full-time student obtain 2020... Okay, I see what he's doing here. So you guys can go check this out. He drops his Venmo if you guys want to help. <laughs> oh, you're get not going to give him tickets. that shout-out, are you? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not shouting the Venmo. I won't do it, Goobs. Uh, no, but he says, he says, but more than that, these guys are awesome. I highly recommend this podcast. That's, That's high right. praise. Well, there you go. Should you, you want me to shout out his Venmo? People I mean, ain't going to Venmo him, are they? That's I, not a I, thing. I say shout it out, and if people do it, that's on them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So what, what is it? Jonathan-Goombi. G-O-O-M-B-I. There you go. We will not Funny. endorse or not endorse Venmo and Goombi. Jonathan Goombi. Probably got a lot of, probably got a lot of Goomba <laughs> nicknames back in the day. Oh, if I uh, Or Gumby. I could assume that. Look, maybe Gumby. Yeah uh goobs i love it i love it hey <laughs> last one though we got star wars fan 77 sounds like uh an epic name there you go but it says good stuff for sporting kc fans this is short and sweet here i appreciate the guys for their honest banter from two big skc supporters it is accessible for all fans casual and hardcore alike they also throw in some general mls talks as well as some pop culture with a good bit of humor to add to the mix this is a must listen for fans of the club there you go, man. A little humor. We throw a little humor it. sometimes. Birthday boys being funny. <laughs> we try. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But, you know. I dig it. Uh, thank you, man, guys. Thank, thank you. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. We uh, we can't thank you guys enough for, for supporting us the way you have. Uh, we uh, hopefully have some big things coming in 2020. Um, it'll be our... Man, we started this in, in 2017. September 2017. So this will be... Man, 17, 18, 19, 20 will be our fourth calendar year we've done a podcast, and that is crazy. It's going to get nuts, so. man. It's going to get nuts. We're going to have to up the ante. <clears throat> Each year we do a little something different, I've noticed, and uh, I've been racking my brain on what to do uh, what to do next year. If you guys have any ideas how we can improve the pod, go go leave that five-star review and, and let us know. Yeah, Because I've been mulling some things around. We, we've, we've tossed around some ideas, and, and we're working on some things. But yeah, if you guys have uh, any uh, ideas... Leave us in uh, leave your idea in a five star rating and review, and we'll read it on air, and maybe you'll uh, get some support. So, thank yeah. you guys so much for uh, for leaving those reviews. And if you haven't done it yet, what are you waiting for? Go do it. But if you have, thank you. So, but yeah, man, we uh, we got a pretty decent bit of uh, news to get to this week. So I'm gonna a little bit had a lot of lot of Twitter engagement today. I was seeing. Well, so there was a news drop today that we're going to get to, it was. and uh, that I think excited some people and scared some others. So 
maybe a little bit of both. Maybe you're excited and scared at the same time. It's okay. I've been there. <laughs> well, you're just holding yourself, rocking back and forth. You don't know what to feel. That's okay. We've all been there. Uh, but let's uh, we'll we'll get there shortly. I want to I want to build up to that news drop. But let's start with the natural place to begin. I think we know the first two matches of the 2020 season for Sporting KC and when hey. they are going to happen. And Sporting KC regular season MLS soccer returns on Saturday, February 29th, 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We play away at the Vancouver Whitecaps. What's oh you, my God. What you making that sound for? I'm making that sound because, for one, it's still February in Vancouver, so fucking burr. And then it's a 9.30 kickoff, so it's like, great. But you know me. I'm old and crotchety. I get mad. I like to. I like my sleep. But uh, it's just crazy, man. How cold is that going to be up there? Canada? I've never been to Canada. I know they got French fries and gravy, but <laughs> uh, they're pretty cold up there? Uh, well, Vancouver is on the water, so it won't be like as crazy cold as some other parts of Canada. But also, I think BC Place is a dome, isn't it? Like enclosed where we play. Oh, is it really? Yeah. So we're not we're not gonna get any crazy snow soccer, but uh, oh, well that's ex- that's fine then. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not as mad anymore. <laughs> yeah. You've you've eased me. Anger I'm subsided. Whoo! That was an overreaction. Close call. Um, <laughs> I feel like it was that scene in the office when Andy Murray just punches through a wall. That was you right there, as mad as you were, <laughs> just punching through just walls. Come- comes out of nowhere and everyone's just like what the hell was that about canada punches through wall Um, (laughs) it just sounds cold now believe it or not then we're turning around coming right back to kansas city it's probably going to be freezing here too we don't know yeah global freaking warming (laughs) climate change who knows what's going to happen it might be 12 degrees it might be 112 degrees on uh, saturday march 7th as we face the houston dynamo for the uh, home opener of 2020 7 30 p.m on saturday march 7th so the park ready to go man it's exciting man count i mean february so here's the bummer for me i'm gonna be at a wedding on the night of saturday february 29th which first off who schedules a wedding on leap day like what you trying to only celebrate your marriage every four years like that's not gonna get you out of gifts you're still gonna have to get a gift every year clearly this is a forgetful man who's like (laughs) I'm going to forget my anniversary, so why not have an anniversary that only exists 25% of the time? That's right. One quarter of the gifts, one quarter of the having to remember. Um, no, it's a terrible idea. Oh, my God. I don't want to be there. It's not going to be a fun wedding, so hopefully I'll be there for like an hour and skip out and then won't have to be there. It's not going to be a fun wedding. You're it's a terrible not. friend. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's not a friend. It's like a familial obligation that neither of us want to go to. Oh, so. my God. Oh. Your side of the family or, or Barbara's? Not my side of the family. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just said it's going to be a horrible wedding. What the hell? <laughs> it will be. Don't worry. I mean, whoever's getting married is not listening to this podcast, I can assure you. So. Oh, it's too funny. But, yeah. So, unfortunately, I might not be able to watch that game live. So, uh, we might get uh, Unhinged Dan on Twitter on the first night of happen. the season. So yeah, that could the, happen. By the time the game's over, we might have declared war on all of Canada. So yeah, we we tend to we tend to do a thing like like Jimmy can easily run the Twitter during home games because he's up there in the box eating his grapes and uh, just being better than all of us. And <laughs> during away games, 
What'd you say? I said better than all of you. No, I'm what I'm doing is I'm eating dry ass chicken tenders and not cheering because uh, you're not allowed ass to. Chicken. Yeah, right, not cheering. And oh, guess what? We all ordered Papa John's, but not anymore because they're racist. So racist we dropped that pizza. sponsorship and now it's terrible Domino's. <laughs> it's not even that. It's the same dry chicken tenders and french fries every single game, which in a vacuum on itself, like once is fine. I can eat stadium chicken tenders and french fries, huh. but every single game, like let's mix it up a little bit. So I don't know. Interesting. A little peek behind the... Uh... The the pompous reporter curtain up there. That's great. I mean, I'm just saying. I see the New York Red Bulls. <laughs> They're tweeting out like tonight's press box menu is seared flank steak Whoa. with a chimichurri sauce Whoa. and New York cheesecake with a raspberry comp. And I'm like, we got friggin' chicken tenders and fries. I'm like, come on now. First of all, you said chimichurri, which is delicious. Which is just that's fancy as it is. Yeah. And then you said compote. Man, people don't know what compote is because unless you're fancy. That's great stuff. That's what the Red Bulls are getting in the press box every game. Wow. So, well, what I was going to say SKC. is that during away games, I tend to uh, run the Twitter and, and say sassy things. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. yeah. There, there will be an international crisis on the night of February 29th because somehow we will have entered into a diplomatic war by way of soccer and Twitter. So. Possible. And they're getting that striker that we were supposedly yeah, trying to go for. That's the report. So we'll talk all about that in a little bit, too. But it's going to be fun. I mean, hey, a couple of Western Conference matches right off the bat. I don't know that anybody expects either Vancouver or Houston to be very good. But I don't know that many people, honestly, expect Sporting KC to be very good around the, the league next year. So you bite your we'll tongue. see. I'm not saying me. I'm saying people. You know. All right. Listen up, people. Stop it. <laughs> But uh, Houston will have a whole new look. They got Tab Ramos as their coach now instead of crazy Wilmer Cabrera, who went to Montreal, fired their coach to hire Wilmer Cabrera to only not offer him a contract two months later, which was very strange. Yeah, Uh, that's weird. (laughs) In both those names, you replaced a Wilmer, a 98-year-old man, with a Tab, an old soda. Yeah, yeah. And then they went and acquired a Darwin. Oh, the Darwin Awards. There you go. Yeah, we're just uh, all sorts of old names. But uh, <laughs> those those will be a couple of fun games, so I'm looking forward to those. So it's getting close, man. It's getting close indeed. And and the MLS news is going to shut down here in a couple of weeks. Like they they do that around right before Christmas, and they don't even have any kind of breaking news t- uh, till the end of January. You know, yeah. um, if we were smart, we'd have some interviews lined up for you guys. You know, keep that content coming. But uh, we'll see about that. <laughs> See what we can get. It's going to be hard the week of Christmas. We're, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. But, yeah. So, first game's uh, in the books, and we'll see. Count down the days. But the next bit of news I wanted to get to was regarding our young Mr. Gianluca Buzio. The subject of many a transfer rumor from Serie A. Uh, of course, there were the rumors that Fiorentina and Genoa and other clubs were preparing multi-million dollar offers for Gianluca Buzio. Peter Vermees was saying, well, he, I guess he didn't give a valuation himself, but the rumor is that Sporting KC values him around $10 million. I don't know if this will bolster that valuation any or not because it's sort of a contrived list, but the midfielder slash forward slash jack of all trades came in at number 10 in MLSsoccer.com's 22 under 22 list. So... Does this mean anything to you, or uh, what do you think? Yeah, it just means that we—it uh, is what we already knew. 
I mean, we're so high on Gianluca Busio, dude. We're just trying to ho- hope that he doesn't take off on us. You know, please stay here, baby Boost. Please, please stay, baby Boost. But he, uh, yeah, that's not surprising to me. I mean, we all know he'd show up on that list, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think you figure, okay, Buzio's probably going to be on there, and maybe Jalen Lindsay would be on there. But, I mean, Lindsay, it doesn't necessarily surprise me that he wasn't there because he was injured for much of last year. I think had he not been injured, he probably would have gotten a lot more playing time, and he probably would have appeared on the list somewhere. But, I mean, the players who are at the top of this list, it's not surprising. Diego Rossi, the forward for LAFC, number one. Uh, I mean, he's a very good player. Ezekiel Barco, he's he's number two from Atlanta United. Uh, Paxton Pomical, FC Dallas, number three. Uh, another LA, LAFC forward, Brian Rodriguez, number four. And then Reggie Cannon, the FC Dallas defender, number five. So these are all very good players to be in, in company with. And, yeah, I, I, I don't know that this means anything to a European team looking to acquire Buzio. It's not like Peter Vermees can be like, well, you know, he's he's number 10 on the 22 under 22 list. But I think it does just show that he's got that potential and people see that potential and now it's time for him to show it on the field in 2020. It also shows that FC Dallas is kind of balling when it comes to young players, man. Like, they're always churning out good youth talent. Yeah, that says a lot for them. It's weird because they haven't really been able to capitalize on it. Like, they sold Weston McKinney right. to Schalke in the Bundesliga. Um, they uh-huh. have that partnership with with Bayern with Munich. Bayern, yeah. Was it Chris Richards, I think, maybe got sold to Bayern? Um, but they haven't been able to... like they've, they've translated it to playoff appearances, but they haven't really translated it to trophies. So that's sort of their next step. But man, Pomical and Cannon both look very good. Both the uh, U.S. men's national team prospects. So we'll see. But I don't know. Good for Buzio. I'm really hoping to see a lot more of Buzio on the field in 2020. And this time, not out of like necessity because of injury. I hope that he just sort of takes that next step and, and can earn playing time on the field. So, we'll see. Well, who's he, who's he taking playing time from, though? Well, that's really I mean, the is question. He, is he going to start? I don't, I don't think he would start right off the bat. And if he, if he is starting right off the bat, I think it's probably fair to say that something went tragically wrong with roster construction in this offseason. Because I don't think anybody has Buzio penciled in to start next year. I mean, he's he's sort of a a number ten slash number eight, but he can play sort of that underneath center forward role. Uh, so in order for him to play, he I mean he'd have to play the ten, which would move Felipe back some, which means that either Roger or Ilya are not in the lineup. He's probably not a pure striker, or Peter Vermees would have to change up the formation altogether and play sort of like a secondary striker underneath whoever the number nine would be up top. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know that I see him sort of taking any playing time away from anybody right off the bat, but who knows? I mean, Roger's not getting any younger. Probably going to need to rotate him some. So, maybe Buzio steps in there, put Felipe back in sort of that eight, put Buzio in that number ten. See what happens. So, we'll see. Okay. I hear you. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, a lot of this depends on what sort of happens as far as roster construction goes throughout the remainder of the offseason for Sporting KC. Now, they did announce what the MLS transfer window dates will be. The primary transfer window for MLS will open on Wednesday, February 12th and last through Tuesday, May 5th. And then, of course, there's the summer window from July 7th to August 5th. 
But this is somewhat important to know as Sporting KC looks to build their roster because we cannot acquire another player who is under contract with another team until, technically, Wednesday, February 12th. So all of those people who are looking for a designated player striker, somebody to come in as a number nine, were they're not if they're under contract with another team, which let's be honest, if you're gonna sign a designated player, they're probably under contract with another team, they're not able to even come in and be officially transferred into MLS until February twelfth. And one step further, transfer windows for European leagues, which there's a chance that maybe we would sign somebody from a European league. They don't even open until January 1st. So players wouldn't be able to be replaced until then. So you're probably not going to hear anything until after the new year anyway. So all that is to say, people, take a deep breath. There's lots of time. <laughs> but True. Anyway. Yeah, it's weird, man. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. You know me. I'm real pessimistic about this. And it's real easy to be a cynical guy on Twitter all the time. But it's... Uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. We'll, we'll believe it when we see it on what sporting makes as far as moves go. And I just don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, Peter Vermees did do sort of that press conference. And there was a, a, a we talked about it a little bit last time. And there was a write-up on SportingKC.com about it about a week ago where, you know, when they were talking about how MLS has evolved. Or Peter Vermees says he's sort of seen it evolve from MLS 1.0 to what he now calls MLS 3.0 with, with much greater spending than any of, of the previous editions of MLS. And when he was talking about the challenge of getting back into the mix, you know, that's when he was like, I'm looking forward to it. It's a real challenge. We've got to get ourselves back into the mix and that's a different place to be. Uh, and, and that's not to say every year is not challenging. It is, but also having the ability to bring some new players in, make some changes, inject some new capital into the teams it's going to be interesting and that's when he went on to say we are definitely getting a player on each of the lines attack midfield and defense for sure each of the lines we're getting a player at least one if not more you know so. here's what's interesting actually yeah you know that pod that podcast from 610 sports with josh klingenberg or something yeah well they advertised it that he was like speaking with peter vermees or whatever and Really what it was is that whole press conference that they put on SportingKC.com, they they put it on his podcast, and then he would interject in between <laughs> little snippets. And I'm like That's funny. This is vague I'm I'm listening to it, I'm like, this is very familiar to me. I feel like I've I feel like I've heard this. And then I heard the exact same shit some more, and I'm like, I've absolutely heard this. Is this what they did? That's they just really took funny. it spliced it up and made it a podcast and then sporting tweeted it out and was like new podcast what why didn't we think of that why weren't we like guys we interviewed peter vermees on our podcast and we would just ask the questions that were asked in the press conference and then play his answers just steal just steal <laughs> clips i mean I, it was weird now i it, someone can correct me if i'm wrong if, if they went through the whole podcast but i gave up on it about halfway through i was like okay is anything gonna happen here is anything new so maybe there was later on but i was like deleted that's our new uh, idea for our pod in 2020. We'll just take all of his post-game press conferences and then re-record him as if we interviewed him. Yeah. Peter had some <laughs> great things to say. He was he was not happy at this guy that is uh, definitely not Nate Bucati. <laughs> <laughs> be kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I know people are jaded. People have heard, say, they claim they've heard this before, but 
For me, it does feel a little different this year. Maybe I'm an optimist. I know you're more of a cynic sometimes when when these things happen. So we're going to get to the couple of new signings that we have to talk about here in a second. But do you still have hope that there might actually be this rumored injection of capital and they might actually open up the pocketbook? Because if you look at all of the transfer fees combined that Sporting KC has ever spent, it's like barely $4 million, if that. Yeah, it's interesting. Um I think we've seen it, man. I think we've seen the injection these uh, this past couple of weeks. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I can't say it. I can't say it without laughing. Oh, it's just too much. Yeah. Well, okay. So we did sign a couple of new players, and these were on free tra- free transfers. So these did not cost us anything as far as a transfer fee goes. But Sporting KC did sign a 28 year old Croatian defender. God help me as I say his name, Roberto Puncic. I think is probably how you say it. Punchich, Punchich, something like that. I think I think the first one was right, man. That was pretty damn close. Punchich. That's what we'll say, and we'll stick to it. Uh, but Punchich has uh, signed a two-year contract through 2021 with an option for 2022. He's apparently played about 300 appearances across 12 seasons in Croatia, Israel, and Germany. Uh, and he spent the last two and a half seasons uh, in the Croatian First Division, where he won the 2019 Croatian Cup. So the the quote that Peter Vermees said about him is Roberto has significant experience playing in Europe over the last several years. He is very excited to be here, and we look forward to integrating him into our club and our city. So, does this signing do anything for you? I I mean, what 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 do you make of of something like this? I mean, <laughs> not it. It didn't feel necessary. I I don't know. He's he's uh. He's not really a, a somebody, is he? I mean, we've never heard of him. Uh, he doesn't have. I kind of base. I kind of base people's fame off of like how many Instagram or Twitter followers they have. Okay. I'm like, oh, this guy only has about 1,200. Who's who the hell is this Joe Schmo? You know what I mean? And I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. Okay. Well, yeah. So I think um, it's some of these players, especially the ones that are being signed right now. As I mentioned, these are all guys who are out of contract. They do not have... Um, we don't have to pay a transfer fee for them. So it's it's hard when to kind of look at these signings and wonder, are they going to be any sort of impactful signings or whatnot? True. Until you, know, you see, okay, who's going to come in that actually requires a transfer fee? Because all of these guys are, are basically, for lack of a better phrase, free agents right now. Um, I was trying to find real quick if he was in FIFA because I was just going to say, hey, let's look and see like what his FIFA rating is. Um, but I don't know that he is in FIFA right now. I'm trying to look for him, and I cannot find him. So last I see is he was in FIFA 17, and he was rated in overall 69. So for those of you who play FIFA, that's like a solid silver card. But I don't know. That's how I do my scouting is based on FIFA ratings. <laughs> so... Um, I don't know. For me, this—I don't. I definitely don't think he's going to start. But what I wonder is, okay, does this make it more likely that maybe we buy out that Fontas contract? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I think it's clear that the the two starters when the season starts will probably be Beesler and Botan Barat. But now you also have Graham Smith that you protected in the uh, expansion draft, and now you have Punchech. Why do you need a million-dollar center back in Fontas? Maybe they do exercise that one offseason buyout they get and our worst nightmare goes away. We'll see. I don't know. Oh, so, boy. That's my hope. That, that'd that be nice. 
I have not heard anything to indicate that that is actually what's going to happen, but I'm hoping. So, we'll see. But the bigger news drop that happened uh, just on Monday is, which is when we're recording this, so if anything crazy happened on Tuesday, we're going to have to wait till the next one. But uh, Sporting KC announced the return of 26-year-old forward Kyrie Shelton on a three-year oh contract through 2022 with an option for 2023. So Dude, Kyrie... I don't hate it, Jimmy. I don't hate it. Okay, talk to me. Tell me why. No, I'm just like, when he was here, we broke records, man. Numbers don't lie. We, we made things happen. He made everyone around him better. Was he banging in goals that everyone wanted? No. Was he freeing up Daniel Shallowy to have one hell of a year? Johnny Russell kicking some ass, Gerso doing big things? Yeah. Um, you got him here free. He's going to be a, a very powerful super sub, dude. Um, if we don't sign anyone else, him and him and Hurtado might just have to do the deal. Yeah. So you don't have to convince me because I'm a huge Kyrie Shelton fan. When I was uh, writing for SBI Soccer, I wrote a whole article about him in October of 2018 where I was basically making the case. Oh, that- that's that's pretty late. You wrote about it that late. Now, so you should have <laughs> wrote about it early in the year because everyone else did. <laughs> well, people were saying things. I wrote and tried to use some statistics. <laughs> Uh, after a whole season went by, and I think I made a pretty compelling case. I tweeted out about it. I dug it. Uh, if you want to go back and read that article, but I think you know it's hard to assign like a points per game value or anything to one specific player because there's so many variables that go into it. But anecdotally, Kyrie's hold-up play and the runs he had made and the physical presence that he had up top was unlike any other striker Sporting KC's had. He was like people said Dom was physical, but Dom didn't have the the the, the height, the big body. He didn't take up the space that Kyrie Shelton did. And Kyrie would muscle people and push his way off uh, off of defenders to clear lanes and make room for Johnny Russell or Daniel Shallowy or Jerso to run and score goals. And I, and there was one in particular where. Uh, if you if you watch what this we were playing Vancouver and it was in October of 2018 and Kyrie just muscles the defender off the ball and just gives one little touch back to Daniel who slots it right away in goal and that just is something that Namath would not do it's not something Hurtado even could do although he could do it a little better and if you just look at the points per game and and, and the record while he's in and like I said there's a lot of variables that go into this but when Kyrie was starting for Sporting KC, we earned two points per game and went eight, two, and four. Eight wins, two losses, four draws with a plus 14 goal differential. When he did not start, they still did well, but it was only 1.6 points per game, almost a 25% reduction, nine, six, and four. So nine wins, six losses, four draws with a plus 10 goal differential. So lower goal differential, more games. Um, also, he scored the game winner as a sub against Houston that year in the 88th minute. So I'm just saying, I think this is something to be excited about if you're a Sporting KC fan, if this is not the only uh, striker signing this offseason. And that is the huge caveat, which brings me to my next question. Do you think we're going to sign another striker, or do you think this is it? Uh, Dude, I I think we will. Like, I want to say that, but I... God damn, you just don't know. You, you just don't know until it freaking happens. And and this is Kansas City, and it's going to be hard to bring someone here. And, and Peter's not just going to sign someone just because everyone wants him to sign someone. Like, that's just a waste of time. So, I mean, I was reading things online like, 
oh, Peter's definitely going to sign somebody. Or, nope, this is it. Or, uh, well, he just he got this guy. He got Kyrie for a good backup, you know, good insurance. Um, I don't know, dude. I honestly cannot give you a prediction on that. So here's what I will say, because I saw a lot of the same conversations that, that you saw. We were in some of the same ones. Some people are, are really scared. Some people are like, oh, same old Peter Vermees, always talk about spending money, never do it. So here's the thing. Both Punchech and Shelton, I think, probably are very, very affordable. Uh, we did not spend a transfer fee on them. Kyrie Shelton in 2018, his total compensation was about $119,000. I have a very hard time believing he's making much more, if any more, than that this year, which is a very affordable MLS contract. So, to me, this is pretty much like a no-risk, but who knows how high the reward is, potentially high reward, but... I mean, 26-year-old forward, is he's not that old. 28-year-old defender in Puncic, he's not that old for a defender. No transfer fees. They're probably making a combined less than $400,000 in this year. So, like, what is the risk here? Plus, you have to remember, the transfer windows aren't open yet. Like, you can't talk about who's going to come in, who's going to be a, 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 a better, you know, designated player fit when they're still under contract with other teams. So right now it's all just rumors. We don't actually know. So I think people got to take a chill pill. I do not think Peter Vermees would have said what he said about an injection of capital and adding multiple players across uh, multiple lines. I mean, if you look at uh, what Peter even said um, in in the, the press release that they put up online about the Kyrie signing, he says Kyrie's an experienced player who we are excited to bring back to the club as the 2020 season approaches, we will continue to strengthen our roster with signings on all three lines of the field. That's him about as blatantly as he can say, y'all take a chill pill, more signings are coming on the front line. So. There you go. We'll see. That's my little my little soapbox. Man, but, he's like, <laughs> he's like guaranteeing it. He's like, yep, it's happening. And it's like, that. that's a good way to get yourself in trouble, man. Well, I think honestly, I mean, they've spent the last three years saying we're looking, we're fi- we're trying to find the right guy, we're looking, we're trying to find the right guy. Like I do f- kind of feel like this off season is make or break as far as like earning the trust of the fans. I kind of think that like they're gonna. I mean, I don't think they're gonna financially put themselves in any sort of bad spot, but I do think they're gonna find somebody. Maybe it'll be Plan W and A through you know V will have falling apart but i think they're gonna find somebody to bring in did you just say your abc's real fast in your head i did realize what came before w that was the slight pause (laughs) fantastic (laughs) i just had to start at q um i I skipped to q but i was like qrstuvw okay um (laughs) you know but anyway I, i i i think this is a good thing i don't think he's gonna you know we only had two strikers on the roster last year, and that was bad because we ended up with both of them hurt, and we had to have like Buzio playing a false nine. So I think they want three strikers on the roster. We have two. Still room for that one DP. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, man. We'll see. Definitely won't be any time this month. So Yeah. I mean, we did have most of our questions, a lot of them were about this. Bob and Weave, our guy, just wrote why. <laughs> To us, that was the question. <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't have the answer for that, Bobby. I think it, like I said, I think it was just a depth signing and it was low risk, high reward. See, it I, sounds like you're saying death signing, and a lot of people might agree death. with you. It's a death signing. <laughs> um, 
Kyle Orenberg, Kyrie is back. Are we nervous? No other strike will be signed. I'm not. Sure. Dan is. You're not <laughs> so nervous at all. I think they're going to get something done. I think I'm trying to read the tea leaves, as they Dude, say. It's hilarious. If you've been listening to Extra Time, Weeby and the gang, you know, our buddy Weeby, uh, friend of the pod here, he, uh, uh, they, were, they keep talking about, like, does Kansas City get that number nine? Do they get them? And they all go around the room. And it's been like this for uh, the last three episodes now. And a couple of them are like, well, yeah, they have to. And a couple are like, they're, no, no, Hurtado's going to have to be the guy. They're not getting anybody. Yeah. Um, I I think we'll get somebody. We'll see. But, you know, Drake Ewing, I think we may be still plan to buy a big-name striker, but instead of the winter transfer, it's a summer transfer. So I, I do want to say a couple things on this. I want to make clear, designated player or, 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 or TAM striker or whatnot does not necessarily equate to big-name striker. And maybe this is semantics, but, like, we're True, not going to get, like... Roger was a DP. Right. We're not going to get a Zlatan. We're not going to get a Cavani. We we might get a Cavallini. Probably not at this point. But we're not going to get, like, you know, a quote-unquote big-name striker. We might get a designated player striker who might be a young South American or a young European or a young African that you maybe not have heard of yet, but has that potential to make the jump. That's probably more what we're looking at. And I still do think it'll be the winter because, again, winter transfer window for us doesn't even open for two more months so we'll see but um yeah most of these other questions from from viet fan asked about the new signings um you know mark anthony not the singer uh says i like shelton but not the big goal scorer signing that everyone is waiting for hope there is another striker signing waiting in the wings i think everybody does too tom driver how excited are you that Kyrie is back i'm pretty stoked so these this was clearly the hot topic of the day so yeah for sure um jeffrey sykes did ask with lucas cavallini reportedly joining vancouver what other rumors are you hearing so that is a report that is out there that um cavallini who was the liga emekis striker that we were linked to uh, that was playing with i believe puebla in in liga emekis uh, is supposedly going to sign for the Vancouver Whitecaps. Now take this with a grain of salt because the guy who reported this also said that um, Matthias Almeida was going to leave San Jose to go to Liga Mekis this year. That did not happen, so who knows. But um, I think it was just a bad couple days, and, and I don't know. Maybe this was – I want to ask your thoughts on if you think this is why people reacted the way they did to the Shelton signing because this report came out that – oh, we're not getting Cavallini, and I think everybody kind of thought we were, and then, oh, now we're bringing in Shelton. So I can understand, I mean, I guess, can you understand why people kind of thought, oh, no, this was our backup plan and it's all falling apart? Yeah, a little bit. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, so, you know, as as far as what other strikers may be out there, you know, we we are, or we have been linked to um, another Liga Emeki striker, Alan Pulido, there was an ESPN report that was saying that he was linked to MLS and Kansas City had registered interest. But again, registering interest does not necessarily mean you will get him. You still have to compete with other teams and convince him to come to Kansas City. So that's the deal with that. Um, let's see. A couple other questions here that I do want to get to. 
not related to the signings. Uh, Ian Siebert asked, when does the 2020 jersey come out, and is this the year of the new sponsor, or is that 2021? I think we're probably looking at February, right? Is the 2021, isn't it? 2021 is definitely the new sponsor. 2020 will be the last year of Ivy. Uh, Probably, I mean, honestly, probably, what, a couple weeks before the season starts is when Sporting typically releases the new jersey. Yeah, usually. I mean, it's been as late as like the week of the first game, I think. Yeah, they're they're usually one of the last ones to do it. Like freaking Cincinnati already released one of their new jerseys like last week. Really? It's like you calm calm down, Cincinnati. I know you're new to this, but you know, there's still <laughs> three and a half months of off season you gotta get through. So let's let's yeah, spread out the news drops. Um but I, I mean, the last did they do like a jersey reveal event last year, or did they just tweet it yeah. out? I don't remember. No, they did it. I think they did it at. Uh, man, didn't they? Yeah, I was here. I, I just moved back, and they did it at the uh, Nelson Atkins Museum. Oh, that's right. Okay, I couldn't go to that because I know like they did some events like for a while, like a, a preseason party down in like the crossroads, and then but a couple of years they didn't do that. They just tweeted it out. But last year, you're right, they did the Nelson thing. So. So we yeah. got the uh, the tire tracks jerseys. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, so that you know we'll see probably in February. Uh, and then Zachary Harden asked thoughts on new division setups and thoughts about MLS expansion bids. So we already mentioned that maybe one day they'll go to three divisions of thirty. But since we recorded last. Sacramento, I think, officially was awarded a team, and there are rumors that Charlotte will be awarded a team. Uh, that's right. As the the, I think they'd be the thirtieth team. If, if, that's if there's rumors out there, I mean, it's already going to happen. Yeah, so that would be Done thirty deal. teams. We already know Nashville is coming into the West. Miami is going into the East. So that means Sacramento would obviously come into the West, and then Charlotte would go into the East and Austin will also be joining the West, so it should all balance out. St. Louis probably is going to the East. It's it's all, you know, but, oh, I mean, excuse me, St. Louis probably is coming to the West because of who knows. It's just, it's very strange how they do this. Like, Nashville is in the West, but Chicago is technically further West than Nashville is, but Chicago's in the East, and it's all very confusing. But, it's very weird. It just feels like Chicago should just come on over to the West, call it a day. Yeah, I mean, they're going to even it out eventually, and they'll be 15-15, and 15, but then it'll be all weird because you're, you're not going to be able to play a balanced schedule. I mean, we don't already have a balanced schedule. It's going to get even more unbalanced. The Sporter Shield will be even less important at that point, but right. I don't know. It's it's going to be it's going to be very strange. So, <laughs> uh, And I do want to acknowledge... Um, Mansky asked a good question that I think might actually be good to say for the next time so we can talk a little about it a little bit about it more especially if we don't have an interview lined up but he wants to know who our all-time sporting 11 is um, oh okay so I'm going to bookmark that one Mansky. we did get it maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth next time kind of talk about why we say what we did yeah for sure uh, but sort of along that same vein uh, the league did announce some like leaders of the decade in various statistical categories. And I just wanted to read through, there were a number of, of sporting KC players um, who are amongst these categories and sporting KC as a team as well. 
Graham Zusi had the second most assists of the 2010s. Diego Valeri was number one with 88. And then Graham Zusi, number two, with 70. Ahead of Landon Donovan, Federico Higuain, and Javi Morales. So that's pretty cool. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he played winger for many of those years, but also even as a defender, he got plenty of assists. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, shutout participations. Matt Beasler, number one as a player, 92. Uh, and then number five, may he not rest in peace because he's not dead. <laughs> he's no longer with the club. Uh, Seth Sinovic had 80. But all of those 80s shutouts came with Sporting KC. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Penalty kick saves. This one's crazy. Tim Melia, number two of the 2010s with 13 penalty kick saves. Only one who had more. Nick Romando, 17. And Nick Romando played like the entire decade with RSL, pretty much. So That's pretty good company to be in right there. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tim's only been the full-time starting goalkeeper for Sporting KC for what? Like four full years, maybe? So that he is already number two in the entire league in penalty kick saves is pretty crazy. So I I dig it, man. And he he works so hard on those too, and it just works. And, and while you think it's such a such a random thing to be good at, I mean, he really prides himself in studying that shit. Absolutely. Um, he was also number four in the league in um, minus expected goals against. So basically, how many fewer goals he allowed than what the expected goals was um these these last few are, are are just not necessarily surprising head coaching wins peter ramiz number one 147 wins in the decade more than bruce arena more than siggy schmid more than ben olsen more than oscar Perea. peter ramiz number one um he also had four uh major titles and coach or plus coach of the year awards only behind bruce arena siggy schmid and greg vanny Sporting KC won four major trophies, and Sporting KC allowed the fewest goals per game, 1.14. Second place was Seattle at 1.17. So, that should make you pretty happy as a Sporting KC fan over the last decade, I would think. Don't you should, think? should make you pretty proud. I mean, you've seen some good seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's pretty cool, uh, which, which sort of leads me into... Um, one of our last bigger conversations that I want to have on, on this uh, episode before we just hit a couple smile, small news items and then call it a, a day. Uh, Bobby Warshaw is counting down the best MLS clubs of the decade, starting with number five and counting down to number one. Um, he's already revealed number five, so I'll just go ahead and tell you that that's FC Dallas. Uh, he also considered Portland and Toronto, but he put FC Dallas ahead of both of those because they had more sustained success over the decade, even though they didn't win an MLS Cup like Toronto did. He said Toronto only had a few good years of the decade. He has yet to announce four through one, but my question to you is, especially now given all of those statistical things that we just read from the decade, do you think Sporting KC is one of the top four teams of, of MLS in the 2010s? Well... I mean, you got to you factor in what three open cups and uh, and an MLS cup in there. I, I mm-hmm. I'd say so. Yeah. So I actually took a stab at saying who I think four through one is going to be, and so oh, wow. I can I can count this down for you and and I can give you my reasoning and you can tell me whether you agree or disagree. Um, okay. I think number four is going to be the New York Red Bulls. Now. This is an interesting one. They have been in the playoffs for 10 straight years. So 
That's the whole decade. They've, they've made the playoffs. That's pretty impressive. They've won three supporter shields per uh, my research. Hopefully this is all right. They have not won an Open Cup or an MLS Cup, but that sort of sustained success, constantly making the postseason and being the best team three times in the regular season, I think that probably earns you a spot. Um, but I don't think that jumps you ahead of some of these other teams who have won MLS Cups and Open Cups. Number three, this is where I have Sporting KC. Eight straight playoff appearances. Of course, that was snapped this year. We've won an MLS Cup, and we've won three U.S. Open Cups. Plus all of those statistical leaders and whatnot that we just said. Peter Vermee's most, you know, wins of the decade. Like, it's, I think Sporting KC deserves to be number three. Two and one, this is where I think things might actually get a little interesting. Right now I have number two as the Seattle Sounders. They've won MLS Cup twice. They've won the U.S. Open Cup three times. They've won the Supporters' Shield once. They've made the playoffs every year they've existed. I think they're hands down number one or number two. And number one, I have the LA Galaxy. They've won three MLS Cups of the, in the 2010s. They've won two supporter Shields. What I don't know is if these last few years will actually bump them down to number two behind the Seattle Sounders. So what do you think? Dude, that sounds like a pretty solid list, to be honest. I don't have obviously Atlanta United in there because I don't think you can put them in. If you're if you're gonna if Bobby Warshaw is gonna disqualify Toronto for not being good enough long enough, you can't have Atlanta in there either. So they can be in the next decade that we count. But two years, whatever it is, three years doesn't doesn't get you enough time to be on this list. LAFC, same deal. Um, outside of that, like all the other teams, I think are just too sporadic. Like. The Revs were good and then not good. The Crew were good and then not good. RSL was good and then not good. I, I just don't think there's anyone else that can crack that top four. So that's what I think. Dude, it, it works. That's a solid list, man. I'm You got too much time on your hands. <laughs> I was doing a little re- – I got home from work a little early today. So I was doing a little research and was trying to figure all that out. But, yeah, so we'll see. Nice. If uh, – if I'm right and I nail it, then MLS should be paying me instead of Bobby Warshaw. So, that's what I say. Um, <laughs> but, of course, they blacklisted me, I think, last year. So, probably never going to get paid by them ever again. <laughs> but, um, I just have a couple other news items that I want to talk about real quick from around the league. See if you saw them or if you have any thoughts. Uh, MLS Cup MVP Victor Rodriguez is going to leave the Seattle Sounders. Apparently, he wants to go back home to Spain, be closer to his family, and his daughters had some medical issues, so Seattle declined his contract, and they're going to send him back home. But, I mean, that that doesn't seem like an insignificant loss for Seattle, I wouldn't think. I mean, MLS Cup MVP was a pretty solid contributor, so, I mean, they're Seattle. They'll probably replace him, but he's on the move. They'll be all right. They'll be fine. Uh, DC United officially acquired goalkeeper bill hamid again even though they had him and then they transferred him to fc mid i don't know how you say that some nordic club um they got him back on a loan last year and then full-time again this year so uh pretty good move for dc i mean he's always been one of the better mls goalkeepers in you know the last four five six years i think right so yeah He's right up there with, with Melia and Romando and Robles and all that. Um, and then the last story that I wanted to mention is uh, Megan Rapino. I mean, as if she wasn't cool enough, she went on to win 
the Sports Illustrated 2019 Sports Person of the Year. This week, she just got named this. She obviously won the World Cup. She was the Golden Boot winner in the World Cup. She was the Golden Ball winner in the World Cup as the best player. She won the FIFA's Best Award as the world's best female player and also just recently was announced as the winner of the second uh, Women's Ballon d'Or Award as the world's best female player. So That's awesome, dude. Is there anything she can't do? <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. No, that's... Uh... That's hype, dude. That that girl is a badass. Yeah, I have super busy talking to everybody about everything. Yeah, I think it's just really on a personal note. I think it's really cool that she can be as good as she is on the field, but also be as brave as she is off the field, confronting people as high as the president of the United States and standing up for what you believe in. Um, I know there's a lot of people that have a lot of different views on, on, on what she did, but like regardless of what your political beliefs are, I think you should be able to be impressed that someone believed in something so strongly that they were willing to go toe-to-toe with the president, whoever that was, that takes some guts and some bravery to stand up for what you believe in that strongly and more power to her. So, My God, preach it! <laughs> she's also the only ever, the, the, first, the first and only... Uh, women's national team player jersey that i've bought where i actually had like the name and number printed on the back of it and i don't oh, even wow. like it's not like a man or woman thing. i don't do that for any of my sporting jerseys either i just typically don't do that in soccer jerseys the only two that i actually have with names on them is i have a dortmund christian Pulisic jersey with his name on it and i have a women's national team jersey with megan rapino's name on it so see i knew you were losing weight but i didn't know you were fitting into women's clothes man that's awesome <laughs> i had to wait like three and a half months for that jersey to come because all the men's the men's versions of the women's jerseys with the three stars were all sold out so it finally came (laughs) nice but i think that's about all i have for this week man quite a lot of uh variety that we had but do you got anything else for our good listeners dude i don't always nice to be back here with you guys um we'll be back soon i mean are we we gonna try to do one on the well christmas eve we're not right we probably won't record on Christmas Eve. We'll 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 be in touch over the next you know few days. We'll we'll let you guys know. Maybe we'll we'll do one a week from now and we'll skip Christmas week, or maybe we'll record one like the weekend before Christmas and we'll release it on Christmas. Who knows? We'll decide and we'll let you know. Um, let so, you know. Stay tuned to the Twitters. Yeah, not uh, mine though. You can go ahead and <laughs> un- unfollow me. I don't need your I don't need your pity. Oh wow! No, you should follow Dan. <laughs> follow Dan. He's he's a good follow. Uh, Follow him at Dan Kuzer. Follow me at JCMax03. Follow the pod at No Other Pod. Uh, make sure you like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash no other pod. You can email us, no other pod at gmail.com. Uh, we've been getting more emails uh, about Jordan Morris possibly winning uh, U.S. Men's Player of the Year, Dan. So just want to let you know that Marty's still sending me those those accolades for Jordan Morris because he knows that he's your arch nemesis. Yeah, no, I know. And yeah, and, and you forward them to me, and I put them right in the trash. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Joe, Joe Mo belongs. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys so much for listening and, and sticking with us uh, over uh, the holidays. We hope you all had a great Thanksgiving, and, and we'll have a, a great time between now and whatever other holidays you celebrate. Uh, but yeah. Make sure you leave us those five-star ratings and reviews. Uh, let us know what you might want to see from the pod in 2020. But until then, he's Dan, I'm Jimmy, and we'll catch y'all later. See ya. Jimmy wears women clothes, and that's fine. You
everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.